Welcome to Star Warning. My name is Panchito Ojeda, and I'm your host alongside 101 Lacrosse Northern California Director, John Murray, and Universal Lacrosse Store and Events Manager, Mike Murray. Fellas, how are we doing today? Doing What's good, up, Ponch. How about yourself? How are you doing? I am glad. I am glad to be back in Virginia. I was in Chicago last week, and it was like 90 plus almost every day. We had no AC. No wind, no nothing, just miserable. Not the windy city. All day. <laughs> yeah. Uh not the windy city that, that week. So no uh, easy though. That's, that. that's brutal. It got so hot in Napa last week, I panic bought a second AC unit. I just couldn't do it. I broke. The heat <laughs> got to me. Was that one of those like Home Depot's, it's on sale for $5 off the already inflated price. <laughs> it was one of those days where you show up and there's a line out the door with people with ACs and their shopping carts. <laughs> That's awesome. We literally got yeah, to the, yeah. I ordered online for online pickup and I got to the counter and me and this guy are both looking at the AC unit behind the counter thinking it's ours. It was, <laughs> it was neither of ours, but we, were, we both went to the store for the same thing. You guys couldn't wait the two hours that says to let your order get prepped. No, no, it was, it was too hot. I was losing my mind. Mike, how was Jersey, man? Was it brutally hot there too? Um, it's been some days, but it was actually very nice yesterday. Went out to shoot with some buddies and saw the senior class of the local high school team just playing pickup with each other out there. And uh, oh, that's awesome. that was really cool. I was just sitting there watching for a sec, you know, haven't watched lacrosse in so long, just watching all these guys. <laughs> and I knew two of them. You got to be careful just employees. sitting, watching a bunch of high school kids play. I knew two of them. Two of them were employees. You missed that part. Okay, I'm not going <laughs> to watch these guys. They all know me. Okay, I'm the local, I'm the local guru. And, uh, yeah, so I told them, you know, if they ever want an old guy to throw out there on defense and, you know, so they could break my ankles and whatnot, practice on me. That's cool too. <laughs> the best part about that when you're the old guy, you like go out there, you take one run, you're like, I'm out. I need a water break. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's how it's going to go. Uh, right now, I'm like, oh, it's going to be good. Get a nice little workout with these guys. They were probably there for like two hours plus. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're the old guy, though, you have the obligation. You're out there for two hours plus, but you're you're talking for an hour and 52 minutes and yeah. you're playing for eight. <laughs> yeah. And you get to play attack. That's the best part about being the oldest guy on the field. <laughs> yeah uh where are you gonna play old man i'm not leaving the crease yeah <laughs> um offense all the time i'm not running back uh, <laughs> oh man that's like a where's the meme you need when the attackman or the midi is like no attack you go and the attack's like no nah, i'm good i'll stay over here <laughs> you can run back <laughs> oh man yeah, that was so cool fellas news yeah <laughs> News is a little quiet this week. Not a lot happening, but there was some big news that dropped last week in the MCLA. That's the Men's Collegiate Lacrosse Association. And we did talk about it last Monday, but unfortunately, our podcast uh, never made it down. There'll be more on that rant later. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about the ALC or the Atlantic Lacrosse Conference that was recently formed. Um, I don't know if you guys listened to my interview of Coach McQuillan. He's the president of the league. Uh, we did that on, on Wednesday or Thursday, rather. Uh, if you haven't, go back and listen. Well, let's just talk about it. What it means to the uh, the MCLA and what it means to the teams in that conference. Um, you know, John, what are your thoughts on the, the development of the ALC? I think think it's a really cool concept. Um, again, we talked about it a little bit last week, and it never 
fortunately got published. But um, I thought it was really cool, uh, the idea to kind of form a league that allows travel a little bit easier. Um, so you have those like local rivalries and the teams are able to really develop the talent in the area because a lot of these teams uh, mean a lot to the youth lacrosse and high school lacrosse in the area. So it's cool to see these teams kind of join up um, and grow the game. And then you guys also talked about possible expansion in D2, which would be really interesting to see in the future. Yeah, I'm 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, 100% there. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the ALC kind of more mimics what exists in Division Three, Just kind of smaller... Smaller geographical conference footprint and easier to kind of drive to your opponents so you can play those kind of midweek games if you want. Yeah, that SELC was real big, you know, seeing where some of these teams would have to go. And they kind of just took that northeastern part of it, you know, that Clemson, those Carolina teams and upper in the in the West Virginia, uh, Northern Virginia area. So it'll be good. And, you know, you know, Nova, Nova. Calling a Nova. Yeah, maybe. The real Nova. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it'll be good. I mean, I think the biggest thing is it allows – there's a bunch of teams who play in the nickel right now, like James Madison and, and ODU and Virginia Commonwealth. Um, all these teams, which I think have, have at some point or another talked to the SELC about joining, but I think it was just daunting. You know, the SELC was huge. The – the conference tournament was going to be, you know, Atlanta, which is a long drive for those teams. And I think this opens the door for them to potentially come to the MCLA and kind of move from that um, very club ball style of team to kind of a more formalized club and, and kind of this virtual varsity concept. Um, so I, I like that part of it for sure. Um, you know, I think it, it does have some interesting consequences or question marks anyways regarding, you know, how does it affect the rest of the MCLA? Do you guys think, like, giving out another AQ hurts Division One too much, or any thoughts on that? I mean, I don't think the a, another AQ would be bad. I mean, this isn't, like, a bunch of unranked teams joined up and formed their all, own conference. Like, there was three ranked teams, and then Liberty, Virginia Tech, Clemson were all top 20 teams, and Tennessee was getting some votes, too, so... I mean, these are teams that could have gotten an out-large bid if they didn't win the LC. Like, so I, I don't think the another um, AQ would be an issue because because the quality of the conference is, you know, top twenty. The winner is going to be a top twenty team every year. Right. Yeah, I think I think you're right on that, uh, Mike. How does the uh, how does the nickel break up their conferences? You know, what do they what do they do there? It's it's geographical as well, you know. Um, so there was I was in the blue blue mountain or blue whatever that ridge is in uh, in Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountains. Yeah, it's the blue, blue Ridge Mountains. Yeah, and Not Mike. that was broken up into north and south. So they always had they have their conferences break it up into north and south, east or west. And um, I mean, it's small. It's a smaller league, so. We're still doing travel. You know, I was complaining about traveling two and a half hours, three hours to a Virginia team, or going out to Washington and Lee. Like I, it was just, it's just a far drive for a guy who's just trying to practice twice a week and play games on the weekend. You know what I mean? But 
I mean, right. that's going to school in High Point, North Carolina. Not, not a lot near High Point. It's kind of a exactly all by itself. But I mean, those uh, places, like you yeah. know, JMU, like you, like you mentioned, um, they could definitely make that jump to MCLA with with kids that they're bringing in from there from the Northeast. Yeah, I mean, there's a good corridor along in Virginia and kind of Carolina that have that have teams that do not have a varsity team that could compete in the MCLA, and they have plenty of talent at the school. It's just a matter of getting those guys to play, and that's always a big question, you know, along the East, Eastern Corridor, right, is can you get everyone to come out? Because, you know, some people argue that, that there's almost a better team that doesn't play than there is that does play at some of these schools. So yeah, that's, that's the biggest battle that they face, so. Um, but I think the ALC is a good move. I think it's good for the, the teams. I think it's actually going to help the SELC as well. I think one of the things that a lot of people may or may not know is or see is that it's going to help the teams who are not in the top 20 right now get more opportunities to playoffs. You know, I mean, I was talking to the Liberty coach about this, but, you know, in the in our segment, there was Liberty, the, uh, Virginia Tech, Tennessee, and West Virginia. And basically, you know, Virginia Tech and Liberty had been the top teams in that division for a long time. And so once Tennessee and West Virginia lost to the two of us, which both of us played them before March 3rd, they had no chance of making conference playoffs, which that, that kind of sucks. So I think opening up this new conference allows for more of those teams to get into the conference playoffs and then you know build their team and get better and become more and more competitive because there's more of like a postseason to play for even if it's not the national tournament. You know what I mean? Win-win. Win-win for everyone. Yeah. So uh, let's move on here, and we'll talk a little bit about some other news, which is that the NCAA announced the dead period is going to be extended to July 31st of 2020, which is not a surprise, I don't think, to most people. But uh, that's an obvious impact on players in the 2021 and 2022 classes, uh, you know, this would be a big summer for those 2022 players. You know, what are your what are you guys' thoughts about this? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely tough on those guys. The whole recruiting landscape is just changed so drastically with the pandemic going on. With a bunch of, you know, you're gonna have a bunch of fifth year seniors, and you also have, I mean, that additional year applied to everyone last year. Like, we're only talking about the seniors this year, but, you know, the juniors this year also have another year of eligibility. The sophomores have another year of eligibility. Um, so it really changes uh, everything, like, top down. Uh, and it's tough for these guys. I wonder how much, you know, recruiting is going on anyways. I always think that in the back of my head. Like, there's no way some schools are just not doing anything right now. Um, but I think, you know, with the advent of like lacrosse highlight tapes and the film and stuff like that there was still some lacrosse high school lacrosse played in some areas like northern california we were teams were able to get five to six games in um which could be some pretty good tape to get out but yeah it's definitely going to be different yeah i i I mean recruit like you said recruiting is just tough alone but with this thing like a lot of people just get screwed but you know, I'm I'm looking at all these events this summer, uh, trying to see what's what's going to be going down, and you know, some are opening it up for 
class of 2020 players who just graduated to be playing in, in their tournaments or their recruiting showcase. So although, you know, a lot of kids might get screwed out of this, I think on the tournament side, they know how many kids are getting missed because of this season. So even if it takes, you know, extra events in the fall, I think there's definitely going to be an effort towards trying to get extra time out there in front of coaches for, you know, those players, especially, yeah. you know, the 2022s. It's also tough um, because a lot of the 2021s um, weren't able to take spring SATs or ACTs. Um, right. I was recently, I was recently talking to um, a junior at Justin, his parents about like his college process and where he's looking to go to school. And I was asking like, okay, like what's his GPA? What's his SAT? And they're like, well, he didn't take the SAT yet. Um, And that's going to be tough because, you know, that's the grades are just as big as a highlight tape um, for a lot of teams and not just our D1 guys, but D3 guys too. Like you gotta, you gotta get the grades to go in you're you make yourself such a more attractive recruit if you have the grades um yeah so without that too like that's still such a big question mark for a lot of these guys on where they can go like because it ultimately like you need to you need to kill it in the classroom if you want to be a top top lacrosse player you like you know it's you're not gonna make it on a to a top level team with bad grades it just doesn't work like that yeah. I mean, I think that's right. make it hard on coaches more than anything, you know, because players, you know, if, if one can't take it, you know, there's probably a lot that didn't take it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the SAT may change, though, because remember, there's, I think most schools that I've seen are, are not requiring the SAT for a 2021 admission. So, yeah. Uh, you know, so for coaches, at least for that class, that's not as big a concern for them. But, you know, the great, it's going to put more weight on the GPA, right? Like, you can't be like, oh, I have a 3.0, but I got a 1600 on my SAT. Like, it's like, well, you have a 3.0, so we think you're a B student. End of story, you know? And uh, yeah, that's going to be a challenge. But, you know, I think the biggest indicator of, of the stresses is that, you know, like Maverick Showtime canceled their event this summer in July. And that's probably like one of the biggest events, uh, you know, aside from maybe Platinum Cup, Crab Feast, a couple others. But, yeah, you know, it's a huge, huge Showtime event. So, what I'm wondering is, you know, do we think that D1 coaches are fine with this because they have that extra year? So, like, the 2020 class is already coming in, so they have kind of five years of students anyways. And, like, whatever, we can wait till fall? Or do you think they're trying to try and fix it right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Uh, I don't know. Because I, I feel like, you know, the top teams, like, they have their 2020 class already. Um, it's probably those, um, you know, the lower level teams that are feeling more of the impact and they're more unsure, uh, with the class they're getting, they're probably, you know, waiting to hear on, they're probably not one or two on these guys lists. Um, so they got to wait a little bit with that admissions process, but yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like the top teams don't really have to worry about it because they, they've known who their 2020 class is for probably a year and a half right now. Right, and they've already kind of picked out who their 21s are as well. They've probably already done that research. So it's a tw- they're missing the 22s, but they can wait till fall for them anyways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I think it's going to hurt D3 the most. Like D3 yeah. and Chile, just like 
Yeah, well, I should say the MCL could be a benefactor of that, to be honest, because I think D three teams will have a harder time getting uh, you know, getting in touch with players that they might they might just not see them, you know, and not like like obviously Salisbury and Tufts like they're gonna find their guys, but like you're kind of middle of the road D three guys where it's like ah should I go to this D three school or should I go to you know Virginia Tech and they might choose Virginia Tech because they just never hear from that middle of the road D three school. And it's like you the know. best school ever, right? Yeah, well, you know, hey, there's that. I mean, most of the guys who are coming to Tech are probably could play at Hopkins, but you know, that's a different story. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting for sure to see how this kind of shakes out. Um, you know, do you think they're going to be any? Do you think that all July events are going to end up getting canceled? That's another question for you. Ooh. I mean, we're I'm not sure about that. Yeah. they look like they're they're going on. I mean, they're all. Some got pushed back into July, and uh, it's looking like August is already loaded up. Yeah, August is nuts. I think it's going to depend on you know the states and where you're at. It's all like we're we're holding our breath out here in California. You know, Ponch and I have been talking with uh, our Sonoma County guy uh, for everything opening up, and you know we're we're going to get out of the field in some extent this summer, but we're still crossing our fingers for our, our big summer tournament. Um, yeah. But if we yeah. could do like, I mean, if we could do like uh, the PLL fantasy Island where we're, you know, PLL Island where we're, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was watching, listening to Dana White talk about his fight Island. <laughs> well, he said yeah, that too. Um, John, if we're, if we're doing that, then you're in charge of watching all the kids for the two weeks. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not there for that. <laughs> if we do that, we'll just uh, the the price might go up. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think July events will happen. Uh, I think there's going to have to be some definite changes to how they operate. I don't think you're going to have your kind of typical event where like everyone's milling about, but I think the on the field play will still happen. So um, maybe six feet in between. <laughs> every every parent's gonna have their own little like soccer pop up tent thing, you know those like little pop up uh, shields where like the players sit in soccer. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every parent's gonna have one of those for sure this summer. Yeah. Well, there's still you know parents. There's 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 people like us who are just itching to get back out, and there's people who you know think we're crazy and you know would want to stay away from us in public. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was before COVID started though. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh cool. Well, hey, we're we're introducing a new segment this week and uh and hopefully we're gonna do it every week. We're excited about it. And we're it's it's our rant of the week. And so we're we're gonna start each of these guys are gonna give a, a two minute or so rant on some topic and maybe lacrosse will it may not be. Um but uh let's uh, let's start with you, John. You can fire cool. us off. So my my first rant it is not lacrosse related, but I've been consumed by it. Uh, it started a new Netflix show. Have you guys heard of Dead to Me on Netflix? Yeah. Uh, no. I, yes, I've seen it. You've, you've seen it? Well, not, I've seen the ad for it. I've not seen it. Okay. Yeah, I never heard of it. Um, and Marissa and I started watching it, uh, I think this, like, maybe Friday or Saturday night. But I think we're, like, three or four episodes in. And I'm just, like, consumed by it. And like, I'll give like a premise without saying too much about it because I would really encourage it. 
But um, so it follows these two women who meet at grief counseling. Uh, both of their husbands tragically passed away early. And it you kind of just unravels from there. And it's kind of a lot of like dark humor around that and how they cope with it. And it just keeps on like every episode just keeps getting crazier and crazier. And I'm just like all in. I, I couldn't sleep last night because I have this theory that I'm dead set on. Marissa doesn't agree with me at all. Um, but I am convinced there's this big twist coming, like just convinced. And I'm, <laughs> I, I couldn't sleep last night. I was like this, I was running over everything in my head. I was like, okay, like, like this guy, like he's not dead. He's going to come back. And this is why. And then I, I presented it to Marissa this morning and she was just like, yeah, no, that's, that's not, that's not going to happen. So. John, it's okay. Marissa doesn't listen to the pod. You can tell us that you went ahead and watched. <laughs> She's two not listening to the pod, but she is <laughs> sitting right behind me. So. Oh, so you can't, you can't tell us that you watched two or three episodes ahead? <laughs> no, I haven't gone too too far ahead. That would be that wouldn't be good news for me. <laughs> uh, for my, rant of the my week, rant. Oh, there you go. For my rant yeah. of the week, I'm going to be ranting about internet speeds and companies falsely advertising what they give. I spent the last week in Chicago, and it took four days for us to go and move from a 0.5 megabytes per second down. That's right. About the same speed as your dial-up modem, which you two youngins were in diapers for. In fact, I don't even think you were alive when that was going on. Yeah, we we had Earthlink (laughs) dial-up. I remember getting on uh, AOL Instant Messaging in middle school, trying to talk to my friends. Huh? Was that dial-up? We had we had Earthlink dial up for a little bit, so I'm not I'm not. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, you just goes. I remember it a little bit. But continue, uh, continue the rant. So we Tell had our .5 megabytes per second, and we called and spoke to the company no less than four times to only find out that the wire had become unclipped from our box. How they did not notice this before and come out and tell us what was going on, I do not know. But companies. Service is important. We work in a service industry. You've got to stay on top of your things, and you've got to identify when a customer's wire has become unclipped. Should I air horn him right so, now? <laughs> yeah. Air point five. What, what could you do? Did you like type in like YouTube and then wait 10 minutes for the page to yeah. load? Like, how does well, that? You remember, you, you remember recording the pod last week when you guys were like, punch, <laughs> punch. This isn't going to work. <laughs> Potch <laughs> um, would say like one thing and then he would cut out and it would just be like this the whole time and he didn't know it was he, he had no idea he was cutting in and out and it was basically just me and Mike having a conversation with Ponch cut, yeah. cu- cutting in uh, alright and Mike let's wrap this up this week man alright my rant of the week is uh, lacrosse rat I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter, uh, Lacrosse Rat tweeted out to uh, shut up and cradle. And, you know, for a guy, you know, guys like us who set out every day to try and grow this beautiful game that we played, experienced, know what it can bring to the world, um, to just, you know, throw something so dividing out there. Um, and especially it was thrown towards, you know, a good friend of mine, Jules Henningberg, who recently this week came out and spoke out about his color and how important it is, um, you know, for the lacrosse community to stand behind with it. And just, you know, not cool, my man, not cool lacrosse rat, not good timing, not, not a good time to, you know, 
throw something like that out there that hasn't been, you know, said to uh, a lacrosse athlete. And, you know, that's just, you know, keep that out of here, man. Keep that out of here. It's not what we do. And, you know, if you're going to be a guy like that to be such a big, have such a big following, you know, on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be, you know, your name is Lacrosse Rat. It, it, it just doesn't show a good image for the sport. Yeah, I think I can speak for all of us here. We we stand with Jules. We stand with uh, Trevor Baptiste. We stand with Kyle Harrison. We stand with all those guys. And we stand for equality and, and no violence. Yeah. So, fellas, anything to wrap up the show? No, I'll just, I'll just touch on that again. Like, it's it's awesome to see what uh, platform these lacrosse players have now. Like, they have a bigger platform than ever before. And a lot of these guys um, use their platform to speak on change. And I think they're... Um, you know, really insightful for a lot of what they have to say and coming from their different backgrounds and um, upbringing. Like Mike said, like we, we know where Jules came from. Uh, we know Maplewood and the diversity there. Um, so to hear him say it, and he said it really well, um, it, it hurt to see someone, you know, take that the wrong way. Um, because I've I've really appreciated reading all this stuff um, the lacrosse community has had to say because it's overwhelmingly been positive, except for this one example that we found. But uh, yeah, we definitely don't agree with that. We want to hear more from our players of this game and really just promote our sport um, in a positive way as much as possible. Absolutely. All right, fellas. Well, thanks for joining us for the call. Uh, the show today it was awesome and. For all you guys, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you, and we are looking forward to another episode dropping on Wednesday. We'll be having the MCLA president, Ken Lovick, on. Uh, for, my, for John, for Mike, uh, you can follow us on social media at 101 underscore LAX on Instagram and at 101 Lacrosse on Facebook and Twitter. Until next week, see ya.